This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Welcome, everybody. It is Cheese Whiz Gina here. And uh, today we are talking about things like Luke, Serignola, Castelvetrano, Nishwa, Kalamata. These are not cities. These are olives. Yes, I am here today with Carrie Kimball from Philosophy Foods. Hi, Carrie. Hi, how are you? Very good. Thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. We're going to learn about olives because olives are an excellent accompaniment to cheese, especially in other countries. But I think it's just growing here and we want to learn all about olives. And I should also probably say that my expertise is much more in Spanish olives. Okay. Because those are the growers and producers that we work with. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite as well-rounded <laughs> in other countries. <laughs> well, I'm sure just like, just like Spain, I think, is underrated in the cheese world. They don't get the credit they deserve for beautiful cheeses. Yes. I, they're not getting the credit they deserve for olives, then, is I what have, you're going to share today. I have information on why that is as well. This is so good, <laughs> Carrie. Well, first, tell us about yourself. Like, um, So my company is uh, Philosophy mm-hmm. Foods, which my husband and I founded about uh, three years ago. And we started off with just two products. Oh, olives wow. from Spain. The grower and producer is called mm-hmm. Losada Olives mm-hmm. and an olive oil producer. Um, producing wonderful early harvest olive oils in Granada, Spain, called Omed. Why Spain? How did the com- are you from? No, I'm not from Spain. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Springfield, Illinois. Very close. <laughs> and I'm, not I'm, even. And I'm a Chicagoan living in Brooklyn. So. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah. But obviously, an and affinity. I wanna, and I want to be a California girl, but <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> which could happen. It could happen. Five year plan, right? Yeah. Um, so. Spain, because we were um, actually my husband's family. He's a fourth generation mm-hmm. Chicago meat man. Okay, and uh, probably two thousand two, we had an opportunity to buy the distribution of a Spanish import company in Chicago, ah. and we delved, that was our first opportunity to be in the specialty food world. Yeah. And so we started with Spanish imports. And then as we started to do well with that, mm-hmm. our our retailers and our restaurants in Chicago kept telling new American producers that were just coming up and, you know, especially Wisconsin cheese producers, yeah. hey, you should talk to these guys. Um, they're doing wonderful things. They really care about the products and the producers. Mm-hmm. And so we went from, you know, this full Spanish portfolio into a full line of specialty goods in Chicago. And we sold our company about five years ago. Oh, my goodness. And now we wanted to do something national. Yeah. And um, imports is, is one of those ways. Oh, wow. That is very cool. And now olives, olive oh, oil, yes. Spanish. So Serignolas would fall into the Spanish olive category? No, they're Sicilian. <gasps> ah, I thought just the Castelvetrano's they, might be, they might They might be Italian, but I was Damn. thinking that they were a Sicilian as well. Okay. Yes, yes, then yes. I have lots to learn. Yes. Well, so Spanish varietals yes. that you would know. Mm-hmm. Gordal. <gasps> Gordals are very delicious. We very do delicious. have that. And I'm going to say right now, the plug for Lasada. Those Lasada Gordals. Yeah. Are incredible. Yes, thank you. <laughs> they don't. They taste like a a fruit, which I'm, an olive right. is a fruit, right? Right. Not a salt ball, <laughs> right? So yeah. So Gordal. Yes, Gordal. Manzanilla. Ooh, Manzanilla. Is, is it kind of spelled like manzanilla? Yeah. But you say yeah. Manzanilla. Yes. yes. Uh huh. I don't say it right. Still, but I <laughs> sounded <tried>. good. <laughs> uh, Cuquillo, which would be. Similar to Niswa, just mm-hmm. um, on the French side versus the Spanish side. And actually, um, there's not so many produced on the French side. So a lot of times they're being purchased on the Spanish side and brought over to France. 
and turned into a niche wall. Yes. The say that one again. Cuquillo. Uh, Cuquillo. Yes. What a beautiful name. And Arbequina, which is also well known for olive oil. Mm-hmm. So those are your, your more known varieties. And then the other thing that Losada is uh, doing is they're doing some heirloom varieties. So there's something called the Cornacabra, and it's this beautiful pink and purple olive that's midway through the ripening process. And it tastes just a little bit like... Um, a pickle almost, like a sweet pickle, and it's kind of whiny and briny, but that's one of the heirlooms. It means the goat's horn, cornucopia. That is crazy. Um, my favorite olive is probably an alarania. It's nutty and buttery. It has a very firm skin, and they crack it to help the fermentation because the skin is so firm. Yeah. But just the nuttiness, it makes it one of the best cheese accompaniments, in my opinion. Really? Okay. Yeah. Alarania. Alarania. And then the other... Um, Olive is commercially extinct. It's called Zorthalania. Okay, that I'm not going to yes. spell. I no. don't even know how to say it one more time. <laughs> Z-O-R-Z-A-L-E-N-Y-A. Okay. So, Zorthalania. Zorthalania. Yes, and it's... Um, it's grafted with the Gordal mm-hmm. and the Gord- because the Gordal has a very weak trunk, but the Dorthalenia has a very um, sturdy trunk. And as a result, because the Gordal was the preferred olive, the Dorthalenia just dis- disappeared commercially. And Losada found one farmer wow. growing this yeah. commercially still. And so they plucked his olives and brought them back yeah. and they cured them and they fermented them and packed them. And um, so I think that uh, it will come the back. only one doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we sort of say, OK, slow food mantra. We have to eat it to save it. Yeah. No, that's and people a, in Spain don't even know what this olive is. They don't. So you'd be a super expert or super snobby if you wanted to <laughs> talk about that. <laughs> I loved your eat it to save it. So are the Losada, is that a family that yes. uh, so, grows olives as yes. well? Yes. So it's and currently, sources. yeah, Luis mm-hmm. Losada and then a sister Maria. Um, mm-hmm. They're in their early 30s, so they're definitely the next generation. Yeah. So I think a lot of times, and, and like Omed, it's the same thing. It's the uh, older generation mixing with the younger generation. And when it seems like when the parents are open-minded yeah. and let the kids pave the way for the new things, sure. but also keeping the children rooted in tradition. Mm-hmm. It seems to be a really great mix, and it's something that we really appreciate yeah. doing. That is really neat. They definitely, that, um, my introduction, I think, to Spanish olives has been the Losada brand. Yes. And it does seem very modern, very fresh. Yes. Um, very delicious. Yeah. I mean, obviously. Um, let's go back to just olives in general. Are they from originally? Like, what's the history? A little bit of the history of the olive. Yeah. Spanish, Greek. Everybody's yeah. going to take credit. Yeah. Italians, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it seems, you know, from the research that we've done, um, started with Phoenicians and then um, Romans. Then it sort of disappeared. Hmm. And then the Arabs brought them back. And it just yeah. sort of comes and goes. And like you said, a lot of people take credit. But really, right. there is there is a proper timeline and you know sometimes you read things a little bit differently depending on sure something that you read on the internet versus something you've read in a book that someone's written right and a lot of times you read more about olive oil than table olives so i'm really happy that we're talking about table olives yeah. because it is really an overlooked category and cheese shops mm-hmm. um they can sell a ton of olives they can make uh, good margin on olives yeah. but no one's talking about them so it's it's actually it's pretty unique that we're speaking about olives, olives. Today. yeah i i guess it's because you, you get, I think you get it. I don't know if you hear this too. Oh, I hate olives. 
All the time. All the time, right? You're like, but have you tried a real good olive? We have converted multiple yeah. people into enjoying olives. We have saved relationships mm-hmm. where one partner doesn't like olives and the other one does uh. and they try ours and they say, well, I guess that if I had to eat an olive, I could eat that and they get to, they get to go home with the olives. Uh, and you've brought people together. <laughs> You're a matchmaker. <laughs> Matchmaking through olives. Yeah. Oh, that's so delicious because I, I do think, you know, me, I've got to be honest, growing up, I think it was, I remember people would have that olives, the black one sliced in the can. Yeah. Now, having tasted some of these other ones, you can't even yeah. call that an olive. Yeah. How do you call it an olive? And is it it's expensive not. to the olives? It is. <laughs> to the it real is. olives. It's, um, <laughs> yes, Dave said, make sure that you talk about black olives and what that means. <laughs> yes, black versus green. We're going to get there too. Yeah. <laughs> and what are those? <laughs> well, let's start with the beginning. Okay. Time. So olives naturally on the tree start as green. All of them. They just, yes, Mm -hmm. they turn to pink to purple. Mm. That's like the cornucopras that we mentioned. Okay. Then brown to black. Ah. That's the natural evolution on the tree. Of all the varieties you're talking about. Yes. Oh, interesting. As far as I know. If there's Mm -hmm. one out there that doesn't do that, I want to know what it is and where it grows. Sure. And know more about that as well. Fascinating. But... The black olives that we see, and definitely ones that we think of as Spanish olives, which maybe hurts us a little bit, are uh, actually oxidized, and it's more of a chemical process. In Spain, The tran- I can't remember what the word is in Spanish, but mm-hmm. it means painted. No. So that doesn't, that black olive has been painted black, or it, it didn't come off the tree black like that. No. However, we- a cuquillo, those beautiful purpley black olives, mm-hmm. or impeltre, I don't know if you've had this mm, before. It's kind of a really delicious Bitter um, Spanish black olive uh-huh. from Zaragoza in the in the north of Spain, okay. where they also have wonderful red wine that pairs very well with these with olives. <laughs> Coincidentally, yes, um, they're, they're a naturally black black olive, and they're more black than they are purple. Mm-hmm. That is crazy. Mostly green. I so green is young, then they get older, they turn black mm-hmm. at some point. Some of them they they want to cultivate them to be black. Right. I mean, obviously, right. you want the black. Olives. I, we were getting some that were wrinkled, kind of dry. I want to say dry cured I think that's and wrinkled. Probably more of the curing. I think it's very okay. typical of a Turkish um, oil cured olive, oh, maybe. Okay. And those are popular. They're really yeah. good. I mean, those are salty too. Like yeah. I would call it like a little. But I do get olive flavor as well, right. not just salt. Yeah. But wow, they pack a, a great, great punch. Yeah. Um, in that, do olives because olives are naturally oily, like an avocado. Yeah. Right. All of them. Right. So when you think of olive oil, the healthful fat mm-hmm. in the Mediterranean diet, the, the main fat, yeah. right? unlike the Western diet where we eat butter and butter, animal fats. Yeah. I like those Yummy. too. But, <laughs> but um, the olive oil has oleic acid. Mm-hmm. and Which is the health benefit? Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. you know, preventative of heart disease. Um, it's great for your hair and skin. Yeah. Uh, very Full nice. Full of antioxidants. Full of antioxidants. So... But um, to preserve them, typically in oil, they're mm-hmm. preserved in either oil or salt, both. How does all all get yeah, taken care of? Are, and... The typical Spanish method mm-hmm. is lye cure. So when an olive is bright green, okay. it means that it's cured in lye. When you see an olive that's a little bit more dull in color, maybe more brown, yeah, those mm-hmm. are cured naturally in salt and water. And we do both with uh. Lasada. Mm-hmm. Um, so the process for lye for the Spanish is uh, for the traditional Spanish method is that they go six to 10 hours in lye and then they're soaked for four to five hours. 
uh, to help that lye sort of leach oh, out okay. and then um, refilled with salt brine. And that's where they go to ferment for about three months. Interesting. The, nat- the, yeah. the natural process, which Losada also does, mm-hmm. is um, just salt and water for 10 months fermentation. 10 months. Okay. Yes. But then there's the Castavoltrano process. Mm-hmm. Which I do love those two. <laughs> um, I won't say oh, anything. Oh, gosh. Oh, no. Don't. Oh, my whole thing's going to be ruined now. <gasps> we must so, hear the truth. So people like. There's no yeah. doubt that people like the Spanish method. Mm-hmm. You know, our our gordals that are pitted, that are bright green, so they taste good. they taste delicious. Mm-hmm. And the reason they taste delicious is because of the lye. The lye, of the lye replaces okay. that bitterness. It debitters the olive. Versus if you taste our natural olives like the cornucabra or the dorthelania, which you can find in our Carmona mm-hmm. mix, which yes, you've, mm-hmm. I'm sure we've definitely that. had mm-hmm. that. Um, those olives, you're really tasting the flavor of what the olive should taste yeah. like. So even the Dorthelania has a little bitterness to it, kind of like a Amaro or when we're in um, Cincinnati yeah. or Kentucky, they're like, oh, it tastes like bourbon. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> but Castavoltrano, like yeah. our Gordals, they they taste similar. Mm-hmm. And it's not because it's the flavor of the olive. It's because of that curing process. So ah. Castavoltranos are even different because they go into life for about 10 to 12 hours. Mm-hmm. Then they're uh, rinsed repeatedly. And then they go straight into refrigeration. And they're not fermented. Hmm. So it's a completely different process. And Castavoltrano should always be refrigerated always always good to know and i think out here in california that's very important for you to know because i know i've gone in san francisco (laughs) places and i know san francisco's had 100 degree days which is unusual but it's been happening yeah and at the you know below the olive bar they're just sitting out and they're not they're not fermented and so they need they're they're unpasteurized exactly and they need to be because they are not um, not you said fermented. They're pasteurized. not pasteurized. Yes, pasteurized. Yeah. yeah. Where the others all are. Yeah. And since we're ah. on, a, on a cheese show, the yeah. difference between pasteurized and olives and pasteurized and cheese is, is very different. Yeah. Um, huh. You know, being a big supporter of raw milk cheeses and understanding yeah. how important it is to protect them. It's not the same with pasteurizing an olive. Um, once an olive is fermented, mm-hmm. you can't change the flavor. At all. It's, nothing's yeah, it's, going to change. So if you have our olive pasteurized mm-hmm. versus unpasteurized, it's going to say, taste the same. Taste the same. What percentage are pasteurized and not, would you say? Oh, that's, is it like, that's, a good, is it, that's a good question. Yeah. We intentionally don't bring unpasteurized mm-hmm. olives while we can do them. If someone has them on special order, we just prefer not to because yeah. that cold chain could break anywhere. The cold chain could break sure. in Europe. I've definitely imported yeah. cheeses that have sat on a tarmac yeah. and melted, and we never even got to sell them. So mm-hmm. imagine something like this happening with an olive, and you can't see it in an olive. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Cheese, what I would you tell. look for? Exactly. What would you know? How would you know? Yeah, so, what would you look for? Yeah. So we really try to avoid. Yeah. We really try to discourage when people do ask for the unpasteurized. Well, Losada can do them. We prefer not to. Interesting. Never knew that. I kind of just thought. They kind of all weren't, I guess. I don't know what I thought, but yeah. that's interesting to know. Because people don't talk about olives. Don't talk about olives, yeah. And you can't just pick any of these olives off the tree and eat it then. Because I, it's a no. tube. They, they would yeah. not taste like an olive. No. They have to go through this process to get their unique flavor. Yes. But no flavor is added to them. Well, the, the salt can change the flavor okay. for sure. Yeah, salt would. <laughs> and obviously mm-hmm. the lye completely, completely changes it by debittering. You know, olives, a lot of times yeah. once you have them 
Um, sometimes they're with MSG, which mm-hmm. tastes good as well. I agree. <laughs> I think it's gotten a bad rap. Yeah, just, it's gotten just a bad because rap. It has a bad rep doesn't mean yeah. that they that you can't enjoy them. And like um, a Rottweiler. Yeah. Pitbull. And, yeah. <laughs> and really when you're talking about olives and cheese, mm-hmm. sometimes the olives that are done in lye yeah. do pair even better with cheese. With the cheese. Because mm-hmm. now that you've said some of them that have are in the lye, I do like them with yeah. the cheese. Yeah. So but without that, they would be too bitter. So you you've got to do something. Right. right. Very interesting. So even when they're black and on the tree like ripe. Right. It's not like a fruit. When it's ripe, you pull it and eat it. It's delicious. Not with an olive. You've got to go through one of these processes. Yeah. Hmm. But growing an olive tree is not easy, right? Is it? I know it's these Mediterranean climates, they're very prevalent. Yes. They, the olive trees are drought resistant. Mm-hmm. Um, so it can survive yeah. without water. But if you want it to fruit, it still needs water. Water. Yeah. And to do good. Is there a lot um, of olive producers in Spain? Is most of Spain produce olives? Yeah. Or? So Spain is the number one producer of table olives. They are. Okay. Yeah. So again, that's a good fact. I would have guessed yeah. someone else. Sorry, Spain. Yeah. Yeah. And, but and now we know. I'll just throw it in there that Spain produces 70% of the olive oil in the world as well. <laughs> really? See, yeah. again, then they don't get credit for it. <laughs> yeah. Spain came a little bit late to the party. Uh-huh. They were um, closed under the um, Franco until 1975. And, you know, Italy and France had already been here selling their wonderful Ran products. Off. Yeah. So they, they had a, a, a head start. And they're really good salespeople in Italy. Too. In Italy. <laughs> they are. They're good at everything in Italy. Yes. Yeah. Um, but interesting. So number one producer of table olives, which really are all whole olives. Yeah. yeah. You'd say just ones you'd find in a yeah. – what about in a jar versus a can? Can you get good ones in a can? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen them, but you could. <laughs> <laughs> we could pack yeah. our olives in a can. In a can. And it would be fine. Yeah. And what about when do they pit and when do they don't pit? Why pit? Why not pit? seems like a customer preference okay. to me. Yeah, 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 it really is. So you could get almost any of them either way, pitted or not It's pitted. really hard, the natural olives, to pit. So we mm-hmm. just started pitting some of the natural olives because a lot of the times the natural olives um, are more ripe on the tree, mm-hmm. like the coquillos. Okay. Um, you know, they become much more soft when they're when they're ripe. And so it is a little bit harder to pit them. So they, they're great if you're doing them in a tapenade. Mm-hmm. They don't look quite as pretty as the pitted corticabra, which is only midway through the ripening process, which is pink and purple versus yeah. the coquillo being pur- dark purple. Purple. Yeah. What are the ones I've seen? Are they Spanish? They're giant and pink. Giant. Like, um, that might be an Italian. Is it, it maybe? Okay. It might be an Italian varietal as well. Um, but also sometimes when you see the olives and they're bright pink or purple, mm-hmm. they're they're colored. Colored. Yeah. Like not Easter purple, eggs sorry, or something. Blue. Yeah, blue. I've seen blue. Yeah, I've seen blue and pink and yeah. red. I don't see them mm-hmm. as much as I used to, I guess. Um, but those are those are painted. Those are painted. Yeah. Who knew? Can't be true. But still delicious. <laughs> I will still eat them. They're still pretty. <laughs> I I think the blue cheese olive is one of the best things in the world. And I'm going to make a confession. So that that's the only way I want a martini. With I'll ask the bartender. Do you have blue cheese yeah. olives? The really nice restaurants will be like, I don't have them, but I'll, I'll make it for you. You want them to make it for yeah. you. And be fresh. Well, blue cheese stuffed olives mm-hmm. aren't actually cheese. It's a paste. Yeah. Also, the ones in the jar that you're talking about. Yeah. And also yeah. a pepper stuffed olive. Mm-hmm. It's very rare that there's actually a pepper in it. It's usually a paste. Like a, Ew. Yeah. Like a, a sugar um, kind of chemical process. No, 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 no. Molecular no. gastronomy. Yeah. yeah. No. 
That's a fancy way to I'm say not food. <laughs> I'm ruining everyone's day. I know it. All the things that you love. I'm learning. <laughs> I'm learning and love. Really? Okay. Yeah. I would never, ever get the blue cheese stuffed olive in a jar. Ever, ever, ever. But we do make them ourselves oh, yeah. because those two together are yeah. yummy. Yeah. Super yummy. And when you're pairing olive and mm-hmm. cheese, the number one thing that we've found is that you want the highest fat content possible. So even though the olive's fatty, you want a fatty cheese. Yeah. It, it tend, because you can also mm-hmm. have, um, there can also be some acid. And, and ah, you know, comparing mm-hmm. it, you know, the fat next to the salt in the olive. So a blue cheese that is much more creamy, creamy. more like, you know, Point Reyes versus yeah. uh, maybe a drier cheese. Mm-hmm. Pair, you like know. a Stilton. Or... Yeah. Yeah. The drier cheeses seem to pair less well. Ah, um, and also it's not creamies. just blue cheese that goes really well with no. olives, which is yeah. one of the things that we uh, came across accidentally mm-hmm. being at a trade show and being hungry. <laughs> and, and like, I've got to eat something. <laughs> yeah. I was with... Um, Allison, and she's Mm -hmm. from Old Chatham Sheep Herding Company, and she Mm -hmm. loves olives, and I love Nancy's Camembert, and we started eating them together and realized, oh, it's not just olives and blue cheese, it's olives and like these heavy, you know, double and triple cream Cream. cheeses, and that just kind of blew my mind, and then I thought, you know, we're having such a hard time going to cheese shops and explaining to people why our olives are different. Mm -hmm. Maybe if we can speak cheese, also having backgrounds in cheese. Yeah. Maybe people relate to us a little bit more and speak with us. We've right. been doing quite a few olive and cheese pairing classes. Our, um, our last one was at ACS in Denver. Oh, nice. Last summer, we had 240 people attend. and Oh, that's awesome. We came up to with, learn. Yeah, yeah, with four beautiful pairings. Mm-hmm. Um, it all just kind of started <laughs> accidentally realizing, yeah. oh, yeah, well, olives and cheese pair well together. And, you know, even in Spain, you have a plate of jamón. You have yes. a plate of cheese. And you have your olives. Mm-hmm. These aren't things that are paired together. So it is a bit of American original concept that we're pairing olives mm-hmm. and cheeses. But we also see, you know, all these gorgeous, you know, cheese boards out there that people yeah. are making that are works of art. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, Elena from Losada loves to re-Instagram every beautiful oh, one nice, that's nice. out there because yeah. I think she does think it is art and she probably wants yeah. to put it on her walls in her office. Right. But those look beautiful. And I think a lot of times the olives are just selected because they add color when really you could actually be selecting the type of olive based on the cheese. The cheeses that, that are there. Mm-hmm. That is that is great to think about the fattier cheeses with the olives because that's kind of counterintuitive. You would think you'd want contrast. You'd think, I, mean, I want to put a, an, a fatty thing or yeah. oily thing with another one, yeah. but that they go so great. But that explains they have a lot of sheep milk cheeses and Nancy's right. Camembert being sheep. Which are, that's fatty milk. That's yeah. rich, creamy milk. So I'm going to try that yeah. straight away because I typically tend to eat it with the harder, the manchegos, the right. um, parmigianos, even, you know, something uh, and the blues. But yeah. I'm going to go try it with the creamy yeah. dreamies. As we, as, we were, mm-hmm. as we workshopped the olive and cheese pairings, we yeah. also realized there were two ways to do it. You're kind of looking to create a, a third flavor. Mm-hmm. You know, the olives, one flavor, the cheese is one flavor. And if a third flavor is created, yeah. that becomes sort of your perfect pairing. And it's interesting because sometimes the flavors that are complementary work very well. And occasionally the flavors that contrast work, work just very as well. well. Yeah, exactly. Depending what you want. Ooh, yum, 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 yum. What about, okay, so we've, I love olives and now it's become, I, I, the whole staple, like when you go to Spain, you don't get a bowl of chips, you get the bowl of olives. Yeah. And that was just so free. cool. <laughs> yeah. And it's free. I'll take more, more no olives, deal. please. Yeah. <laughs> so, so delicious. Um, but then let's do get to olive oil because again, I think it's like with any really good food, unless you've tried a really good olive oil, you don't understand what olive oil should and could be. 
Right. And there's not a ton of education mm-hmm. on olive oil in the U.S., although we do produce olive oil. Yeah, sure. Um, mm-hmm. We do produce 7% of the world's table olives as well, believe oh, it or not. Believe it or not. Where? Where? California? I, I'm assuming. <laughs> I would assume too. I'm trying to picture where there's, they are, but <laughs> there's someone in Texas doing them. Okay. I know that as well. Yeah. But seven percent and Georgia, I think, is trying okay. to do some too. I, I yeah. I don't know who and I don't oh. know if it was if if it's working or not. But right. Yeah. Texas, I know they have some olive oil or olives. and olive, and they're selling some raw olives there, but they don't know how to cure them. So chefs buy the raw olives and I go into their restaurants oh. and I'm like, how do you know that they're done? I don't know. I don't know. Give me a knife. I'll teach you to look inside. <laughs> and then how you to, can yeah. see how this is done. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm being s- really silly because in California, Temecula area, it's got Temecula mm-hmm. Olive Oil Company. So mm-hmm. they do a lot of olive oils. Um, they do a lot of flavoring of them. I don't want to get there first, but they do a lot of flavors to it. Blood orange, lemon. Yeah. And olive oil lends itself good to flavors. Yeah? Truffle oil. Is that what olive oil based when they do truffle oil? I'm not sure. Uh, truffle oil, you can do olive oil. Yeah. Um, but you, c- I also um, am partner in a truffle, mm-hmm. fresh truffle company called Regalis Foods. Oh, okay. And we do a very nice uh, truffle oil with California extra virgin. But once you flavor it, it's no longer extra virgin. Ah, okay. You have to be... Untouched to be an yes. extra virgin yes, olive oil. because yeah. olive oil is the, it's the only, um, I guess, food mm-hmm. that has to also pass a sensory organoleptic test. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So extra virgin olive oil, is it the younger olives? Is it dependent on the olive or it's the way it's made that makes it extra virgin olive oil? It's that, it's that sensory test. It's just that test yeah. right there. But it can yeah. be... Any type of olive? It can be any type of olive. Mm-hmm. Uh, the earlier that you pick the olive, the less oil is in the olive, but the more of the um, the healthful properties are in the ah, olive. Ah, interesting. Okay. So, huh. an er- so an early harvest, that's yeah. really your finishing oil, and olive oil is an ingredient, mm-hmm. and that's where all your flavors are. So for Omed, we have an Arbequina. It's soft. It tastes like green bananas, and it pairs really well on top of ice cream with a little sea salt. That sounds But so then good. we have a Pequal, and mm-hmm. it smells, and it tastes like the plant of the tomatoes. And this time of year, as the tomatoes are coming in season, right. you guys get tomatoes yeah. much longer than we <laughs> We're do. We're very lucky with the tomatoes we here, have, yes. I, I can eat tomatoes three months out of the year only. Oh, <laughs> so, I'm sorry. I have to come to You must come visit. Yeah. I come in January and the first thing I do Perfect. is seek out tomatoes, tomatoes and citrus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but pairing that tomato, yeah. you know, like with a crazy salad with oh. this olive oil on top yeah. of it. And, you know, like the cheese and the olives, you want to pair them olive oil. You want to pair it with, with the foods as well. Mm-hmm. The olive omed, I've got to say, is delicious. That was really one of the first times I was like, that's what olive oil is supposed to taste like. Yeah. was an omed Yeah, even variety. just as you're popping the cap, mm-hmm. you know yeah. that something's happening mm-hmm. special in that bottle. Yeah, it's a fragrance. It's it's not, it's hard to describe it. There's fruitiness, floralness, right? There's all the descriptors that you might have with a fine bottle of wine, yeah. right? In olive oil. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Um, how do you know, though, when you're getting anything good or bad? Because there is this whole, you know, kind of shady market of yeah. labeling something as extra virgin olive oil and it's green flavored what? Right. You know, the, we're working on a curriculum for this. We're mm-hmm. going to call it olive oil, not just another pretty bottle. <laughs> because sometimes yeah. like wine labels, sometimes yes. you don't know what you want. What's in and, you there? Just, and you don't know. Like, it's pretty. Oh, my friend will like this bottle. So I'll exactly. buy it for them. <laughs> and what's in there really? Yeah. And I, I think that can be a little bit like that with olive mm-hmm. oil as well. And I mean, it, it's, it's across the board. It's not just people in retail. Mm-hmm. It's not just chefs. It's uh, not just the public. Yeah. 
there's not education on what makes olive oil good. So, yeah. what, you know, one of the things that you would stay away from is, you know, the kickers on the bottom of the grocery shelves that are under ten dollars and yeah. they're ginor, you know, giant size. Yeah, a gallon of. <laughs> yeah, that's you know. That really is a good indicator. Maybe price is, price is somewhere yeah. to start. Yeah. Hmm. Um. If you can look at the harvest date. Okay. What are we looking for? Um. You want typically you want olive oil that's been produced in the last year. Omed huh. has um, formed with other olive oil producers in Spain, and now there are people from Turkey and other countries in Europe, a part of this seal. It's called QV Extra, mm-hmm. and their standards go above the International Olive Oil Council standards, and they are able to give two years of shelf life on their oils. That does not mean everyone can do that, but because they're doing such an early harvest, mm-hmm. they are able to give two years of shelf life. And okay. trust me, I have... You know, you have to be really careful with your imports so that you're always trying to run out of the harvest, the old harvest in October, but your import arrives, you know, in November. Yeah, right. And it is this balance. And we Mm -hmm. are on the side of we might run out on you for a couple weeks versus, you know, overstocking and having having too much. Too much. And then you don't, it's getting to the end of its life. Kind of. With OMED, or, it's not a problem because mm-hmm. really we do have that second year of shelf life on it, but there's still nothing like having that that new harvest. Yeah. That, you know, just really, you, like I said, you pop that top and permeates yeah, the and room. It, exactly. And it does. And I, I'm, I've gotten spoiled because we do dabble in olive oil. I was like, I, I want to use the good stuff for everything. I'll cook with it. I'll salad dressing yeah. with it. Is that bad? Should I just really be using cheaper stuff for cooking? No, no, no you can, um, you can. Believe it or not, mm-hmm. you can cook much more with olive oil yeah. than you than you would think. Um, people I've, talk about the spoke point, mm-hmm. and really, I mean, I fried um, latkes in it. Uh, I wanted to yeah. play with olive oil. Let's just see what happens. <laughs> well, I I have a warehouse full of olive oil. I Let's should try I this. Should do this. Yeah, you know, exactly. Be in, be in the spirit, and so right, Carrie. Um, I mean, yeah, you know, we have one of these like tiny Brooklyn apartments where the fire alarm goes off all the time every time you fry anything. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> We're really great at having our process with the towel, waving it down, opening the doors, just in case. Yeah, throwing right, the dogs right. outside so yeah. they you know aren't scared of the fire alarm. But you really, you really. Can cook and also yeah. the omed oil is so good that you can refry with it. So oh, nice. especially so, for cooking potatoes mm-hmm. or something bland, we'll we'll yeah. fry with it multiple times. Right, so it's good for you. Tastes good. Spend a little more, get the good stuff. Yes, does um and it also is good drizzled on cheese. I mean, I think people like oh, I, sure. I fresh chefs. I th- I really like yes. it when I just drizzle that on with just salt and pepper. Really good with that, yeah. Arbequina, that's like sweet. Yeah. I think that's a sweetie pie or yeah. something, right? Really, really good. Um, there's filter. I've seen some. We've gotten one. I want to say from France. There's some that are kind of a little un- unfiltered looking. Right, unfiltered mm-hmm. can go rancid much faster. Uh-huh. So I okay. feel like if you're having unfiltered in Europe or maybe right here in California, and it's very close to the harvest date, you might be having something really amazing. Yeah, I think if you have that more than six months or nine months out, it might start to turn. And mm-hmm. one of you know one of the things is that people don't know what poor flavors in olive oil are. Right. So people uh, might still this? think it tastes good, even though to me, if it usually if it's rancid, it tastes like peanuts to me. Hmm. So yeah, and you're not going to get sick if it's rancid. The word rancid. I mean, no. but I, I agree. I, you can tell when your yeah. oil has turned. Yeah. Um, but it's not uh, detrimental to your health. It just doesn't taste nearly as good as it, good right. as it should. Right. Mm. Yum yum yum. On the omeds, do they? Stick with pure flavor. Are they into flavoring too? Spanish olive oils. So, what's the, the thoughts on 
flavoring. Well, they do. They are doing two oils um, mm-hmm. that are um, like the agromosto process uh, of a yutsu fruit. So oh, Paola, yum. so Wanda's mm-hmm. the mill master. Um, and his sister Paola um, has always managed the sales and the export, and mm-hmm. she moved to Japan, and she's trying to sell Omed to amazing Michelin yeah. star restaurants in Japan who don't have a culture of olive oil either. Sure. So she thought, I love the yutsu fruit. Yeah. Maybe if I make a yutsu olive oil, it will help to resonate with the chefs, and it will help me sell more of my sure. extra virgins. Yeah. So she's making a delicious um, yutsu olive oil, but they call the olive oil pecadito, which means a little sin, because <laughs> you should not take their perfect early harvest extra virgin and... <laughs> Got it, yes. <laughs> like, this and is... turn it, although right. the yutsu is pretty wonderful. <laughs> is a wonderful, that's a great flavor for anything, but with yeah. olive oil, that would be fabulous. Yeah. That's true fusion, though. That's neat, bringing yeah. kind of the two cultures yeah. together. Yeah. I mean... Spain doesn't have the yuzu, so this is a good introduction right. there, right? They ended up finding one farmer who mm-hmm. has a yuzu fruit in the south of Spain, yeah. and so it is a Spanish yuzu. Okay. Well, this is cool, too. Yeah. Can we get that here, the Omed that flavor? Yeah. And yeah. yeah. <gasps> that is really, really good. What else should we know, Carrie, on olives? Are we... <gasps> but yeah. Who else? Spain, you said it's the top, wait, top producer of table olives. No, they... And olive oil. And olive oil. Yeah. Um... Then Italy, Greece? That'd be my guess. No, no. no. So uh, I actually brought my notes to write this down <laughs> because when it comes to numbers, I need to be yeah, like, who is it? <laughs> so, so after Spain, at yeah. 35%, it's Turkey. Oh, Turkey. Okay. That one really surprised me. Mm-hmm. U.S. also surprised me. Like I said, almost 7%. US. Yeah. Greece, 6%. Wow. Italy, about 5%. And France, 0.13%. So fascinating. These numbers are a few yeah. years old, but... But who's producing the really bad olive oils? And who, what are, are they? Olive oils, <laughs> the ones you get in a gallon jug for six ninety nine. Yeah, um, I mean, or is it not? Like it's it's so sad to me that it's labeled as such. Yeah, you know, I'm going to or, guess it's probably yeah. not going to pass that organoleptic. Okay, so that's test. that's what you're going to be looking for. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, and it's some. it's really if that price point is low and without. Talking about ones, I don't want. I don't want to generalize yeah, saying exactly. that they're they're all like that because there's also a lot mm-hmm. of um, campaigning saying that all European oils are adulterated, and I don't like that marketing wow, because that doesn't yeah. help me, and mm-hmm. that certainly doesn't help our growers and producers no. of Omed or the people who have also formed the QV Extra Seal that are completely the opposite of you know doing anything adulterated. So I don't think it's nice to say that you know European oils are adulterated because right. Ah, that's just what's so tricky is to yeah. really know. How do you know? Yeah. But I mean, you see that in the wine world too. People put a false label on something that's not what it says it is, yes. you know? Yes. And <gasps> I have a friend in Chicago who's actually oh. learning uh, the wine trade. And um, I think his process is that he's currently in paper. So it's actually looking at the paper, seeing what? if it was a paper from that time. Yeah, yeah. To see. <laughs> yeah. It's just too easy to like forge the fake stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I guess price, look at the price, read the harvest date mm-hmm. would be good tips. Um, if you can find anything about the story of yeah. the producer. But I think it's also really important if you can go to a nice shop where people have been trained. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and, and even have if maybe the, maybe if the staff even haven't had a chance to be trained, if you know that there's a good buyer mm-hmm. who does know what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. That'd be the way to go. Yeah. And when you're tasting an olive oil and trying to make your decision... Yeah, I've been to like, you know, the olive oil bars now mm-hmm. that they sometimes have. Do you 
dip it in the bread, the bread and dip it, or just a little uh, shot of it. We we what do you, how do we you do it? <laughs> try as much as possible to just do straight taste okay. and try mm-hmm. to train people that this is how you taste olive oil. And you know, people will say, "Oh, I like this," or "Oh, I like that." Well, you typically don't just drink olive oil, so it shouldn't necessarily be based on just what you like. Mm-hmm. It really should be based on what is going to go with the food that you're serving it with. Like anything. Yeah. And what I recommend for home cooks that they should have two or three different olive oils Mm -hmm. based on, you know, you want to have something softer for pastry. You want to have something maybe more bitter Mm -hmm. like Paqual um, that would match a radicchio or arugula or something Mm -hmm. like that. If you Mm -hmm. put something soft like arbequina on arugula salad, you're basic. you could put any fat on it. You could put avocado oil, something that didn't have a lot of flavor because you're going to the, the arugula is going to overpower that soft olive oil. So you really want to pair chefs, we say, four to six different olive oils. And that's tough to say because we only sell three. <laughs> like, I'd love to give you four or six, but we have three, three, these three to choose from. But really, but yeah. a, the point isn't just about our sales. The point is about making sure yeah. that the chefs have what they should. So. Yeah, I think that's interesting. So to think of olive oil not as like salt that you're just going to put on and yeah. who cares, yeah. But it is a flavoring yes, ingredient. It's an ingredient. Yeah, but a delicious one. Yes. Let's leave with, like, if you're going to, do you have, could you pick your favorite, like, I love Arbequino with this? Or do you have a favorite pairing, something that is a must try oh. of what you, um, in the Omed line or any of the, like, with your Gordals, or the Gordals, yeah. we can't yeah. keep around because those truly never knew what that was till maybe a year ago yeah. and now cannot get enough of that thing. Yeah. One of my, favorite things when the tomatoes come in Mm -hmm. season i just i can't i can't buy enough every week at the farmer's market i definitely try to go to more than one farmer's market (laughs) you're buying up all the tomatoes i buy all the tomatoes but once you get that um you know ham or salami Mm -hmm. and tomato on bread with bakwal olive oil which i think usually kind of stands up next to kind of the heavier flavors of the um of the ham and, you know, then it's, maybe some olives next to it mm-hmm. and you drizzle the purple on the olives and yeah. then definitely a piece of burrata or mozzarella, depending on what's looking better at, yeah. you know, on that day. But Spell piqual for me. P-I-C-U-A-L. Piqual. Okay. So this is a killer combo. Tomatoes, ham. Like when you're talking mm-hmm. serrano, jamon, when you're talking ham, or can it just be ham, ham out of it? Uh, well, <laughs> like, since I do trade shows all the time, <laughs> I get a lot of different kinds of ham. Yeah. Um, so definitely we um, – I've had a lot of La Quercia prosciutto with it. Oh, so good. We mm. at Philosophy mm-hmm. actually just started carrying a really special country ham from North Carolina called Lady Edison. Yes, good stuff. You've mm-hmm. had it? Yes. Good. Oh. good. So that one's amazing okay. because it's animal welfare approved, uh, heritage breed yeah. animals, uh, big supporter of uh, the North Carolina cooperatives mm-hmm. out there that are that are raising the animals in the right way. That's so, super cool. And then when it, you know that heritage breed really comes through in the flavor of the country yeah. ham versus other country hams, which are mm-hmm. which are good. But this becomes you know really special and definitely much more on the level of a okay. really wonderful prosciutto or hamoni better. Yes, and really get that. And then the piquol, and I will vouch for the burrata with all of that. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> because, burrata wow. I prefer, but sometimes um, <sighs> I don't know when the burrata, you know, the burrata is often coming True. from Europe. And so I don't, if I don't know exactly when the shipment yeah. comes in, I'll, I'll opt for the mozzarella because more people are kind of making that by hand. And, yes, yeah. good point. It could be fresher. Yeah. More yeah. bright. Well, Carrie, thank you. I learned so much and I'm really, really hungry. 
<laughs> well, I have a few. I have a few olives. If you'd like to oh yeah, yeah, I figured okay, that we'll do that on air. That wasn't going to make sense. French, but French, I have French. things with me. So. Well, I appreciate it, Carrie. And you know, do you have a website? Like, if a person wanted to learn more about yeah. olives and what you've talked yeah. about today, Philosophy Foods, right? Yep, philosophyfoods.com. Perfect. And then Losada is the brand you guys. Do if you can seek them out. We have that at Benissimo. Yeah. But L O S A D A. Yeah, I'm sure you were one of the first people in California yeah. to carry the Lasada olives. Love them. The mixes, all of it. I mean, just we've tried so many and, and they're they are truly fabulous. You've not tried a true olive until you've tried some <laughs> of these. So definitely do. And Carrie, thank you. We're gonna eat olives. Everybody, appreciate tuning in and we'll um be back shortly. Bye. <laughs> Hi, fellow cheese lovers. Cheese Whiz Gita here, and I invite you to subscribe to our Noon on Tuesday podcast to hear all about cheese all the time. You can listen on iTunes or SoundCloud or subscribe via FeedBurner under Noon on Tuesday. You can also watch us live every week on Facebook at Benissimo Cheese at, you guessed it, noon every Tuesday Pacific time. We're fun, we're cheesy, so tune in and tell your friends to tune in too. Ciao. The Specialty Produce app is the world's number one handheld resource on produce. The app features photographs, recipes, geography and history, taste and culinary applications on over 1,900 produce items. From apples to zapote, we've got your produce questions answered. Our app is available for both iPhone and Android. Download our app for free today.